1: Welcome to our number two of the morning after on a Friday right here on Sports Grid Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens this is the first Friday in the month of March we enter the final regular season weekend in college basketball for the high major conferences but we also are already into conference tournament season in some of the best mid major leagues around the country Mike Blewett joins us later in hour number two for a look. At some mid-major conference basketball action, and also just the college hoops landscape now in the month of March in general. Also, we'll get to some NFL futures talk because it's a 365 league in the National Football League with the NFL Draft Combine happening right now as well. taekwon Thornton, oh, he's fast. A 4240 yesterday. We gave you his odds also to run the fastest 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine, but. First, we begin right now in the month of March, right? So, you've heard of March Madness, I assume, but have you heard of Arch Madness? That would be the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament in St. Louis, Missouri, because that is already underway in the big dogs getting to the fold on quarterfinal Friday in Arch Madness, including one of the biggest dogs that you will see right there. Loyola Chicago the Ramblers that we know very very well who made the final four magical run in 2018 with sister Jean leading the way and even made the sweet 16 last year we'll look at this game right now in context for the quarters and then we'll go to the outright future odds for the MVC Tournament. So Loyola Chicago, a six-point favorite against Bradley. Loyola, Chicago is the favorite to win the conference tourney overall, but the number four seed against Bradley, who is the fifth seed in the MVC tournament. The over-under 130 and a half. As most teams do in a regular season of conference action, they played each other twice this year and they split the season series. Both games decided by seven points. Loyola, the favorite in both of those games and Loyola did not cover one time with the Bradley uh Braves I believe it is winning outright as an underdog so Loyola has been a favorite in every single conference game only covering in 4 of those 18 that's not great. And just 9, 16, and 1 against the spread as a favorite this year. And if you know anything about Loyola basketball, it's that they can defend the crap out of the basketball. They have played nine unders in 15 games away from home this year or on a neutral floor. That's important. At home, the Ramblers actually had a very high over percentage because most of their totals are around this number for an over-under at 130 and a half. Bradley, meanwhile, under. In six of their last seven, eight of their last ten under as well. One of the games between Bradley and Loyola this year would have gone over this number of 130 and a half. The second meeting that finished 68-61 would have gone under this total of 130. And a hook. So Loyola, the fifth team in minus money that we showed you on the bubble. We'll get back to those bubble odds in just a moment because the bubble odds might mean absolutely nothing if Loyola wins this conference tournament in the Missouri Valley Conference because Loyola is the favorite right now to do so at plus 150. The favorite, but the four seed. Northern Iowa is the top seed in the MBC tourney, but they have the third best odds at plus plus five. 100. Missouri State, the second-best odds at plus 290 and the second seed. Drake is the number three seed with the fourth-best odds at plus 650. And you see Bradley there, the number five seed with the fifth-best odds at 10-1. to one. History perspective about Arch Madness in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. A welcome first to our Sports Grid radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after on a Friday. The first Friday in March in its mid-major conference tournament season across college basketball sirius xm channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well i am ben stevens arch madness is one of the best conference tournaments you will see the mvc missouri valley conference tournament starting in st louis it's already actually underway but today is quarterfinal friday where we have some of the big teams that you know across the league like northern iowa like drake and of course Loyola Chicago as well. So, some history perspective for the MVC tournament that might help us handicap this futures market that has the Ramblers as the favorites at plus 150. In the last 11 years, the top seed in this tournament has only won the tournament four times. A two seed has won it three times. Loyola Chicago won this tournament last year. But Loyola Chicago is not the top seed in this tournament. In fact, they have the fourth seed in this tournament siu is the sixth seed with the sixth best odds no seed lower than number five has ever won arch madness but southern illinois the salukis in action today against northern iowa are 13 and 5 against the number this year in the mvc They are the best cover team in conference play so far this year. They are getting, I think, eight and a half or nine points against Northern Iowa today. Maybe they don't win the tournament and they don't cash this plus 1,500 ticket that you see on that future outright board, but maybe they can cover a number against Northern Iowa. Drake is the number three seed. They were not great in conference play, just 6-11 and against the number, just 6-15 and ATS as a favorite this year. Keep an eye on the Panthers of NIU in Northern Iowa. They won four straight games to end out the regular season, including an overtime finale over Loyola Chicago that gave the Panthers the top seed in Arch Madness. They have won nine of their last 10 games. They have covered in six of those nine games and an over in four of their last five. Arch Madness is fantastic in Northern Iowa. gets underway at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We love midday college basketball. More from the morning after next. Around the association we go here on a Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the space Grizz network. I am Ben Stevens we check in with the producers pit once again for our birthday boy here on TMA our producer John James turns the tender age of 25 years old tomorrow. So he is here on a Friday to preview not only his birthday but get you ready for the weekend slate of mba action john great to have you back on a friday
2: a pleasure my friend i would not want to be spending oh. my almost birthday with anyone besides my good friend ben stevens and i hope keith there's doesn't hear that and get upset with me
1: well that's fine and i hope keith would understand that there's just a stronger bond between us whatever i'm not gonna <laughs> get into that too much in the friendship dynamics let's get into the action from last night john because in the battle of los angeles The Clippers have been dominant here as of late. They win their seventh straight game against the Lakers last night inside the Crypto.com Arena, and they don't just win. They win by 21 points, 132-111 last night over L.A., easily covering as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And now, John, the Clippers have won five straight, and they have covered in seven of their last eight. But as is the case often with a LeBron James-led team, the Lakers are the story they have lost four straight games all four since returning from the all-star break they have lost seven of their last eight and they have not covered jonathan in any of the four (laughs) losses since the all-star game in this industry john we want teams that are profitable to our pocketbook the lakers are certainly not that right now and they are fading now eight games under 500
2: yeah i mean my early thoughts slash my thoughts in general on the lakers this season are they suck The Clippers are pretty good. You know, they're a a team that likes to grind. I always respect a team that, that, you know, has a chip on their shoulder and that plays hard every night. Tyron Liu, great, great coach, obviously, has had a lot of playoff success. They're a team that I honestly trust to make a lot more noise because they, they didn't walk into the season expecting to do well. They had their two superstars injured early on. You know, Kawhi obviously was out since last season. And then the Paul, the Paul Georgians, I think we knew early on he wasn't going to come back. So the Clippers are a team that I think they're finding their identity as a group that plays hard yeah. and brings the energy. The Lakers, on the other hand, they need to start playing with some urgency. Like LeBron, you know, when they talked to him the other night, he, he basically said, you know, we're, we're not dead until I, – I can't remember the exact quote, but he basically said, don't count us out yet. And uh, yeah. they're going to have to start winning some games if, if you know, we really we really all want to be on that wave with him.
1: So the Lakers a two and a half point underdog last night against the Clips. We talk about profitability on Los Angeles. They have been a terrible team to bet this year if you have. I don't know why you would have, but if you have, goodness gracious, the only area of profitability on Los Angeles came to an end last night. They entered the game with a winning percentage above 50% as an underdog, but not covering last night, have not covered in two straight as a dog. Now just 12 and 12 against the number as an underdog and to john's point without Kawhi leonard and without paul george the man that we know as mr june here on the morning after reggie jackson a game high 36 points last night four of eight from deep and avica Zubots continues to pack it up against his former team as well. 19 points, nine boards. Avita Zubots, a double double in four of his last six, just finishing one shy of a double double in the rebounding category last night. We'll look at the futures market, John, in just a moment. But we also need to speak about another team that is struggling mightily right now, and that would be the Golden State Warriors. They have lost three straight games now, falling to Dallas on the road 112, 113 last night. But if the Dubs are struggling, Losers of three straight. The Mavericks are the completely opposite tune. They have won three straight games. They have won five of their last six. And the Mavs, John, have covered in six straight games. Why? Well, they have Luka Doncic as a part of their roster.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, when I came on last week, I was giving the Mavs a lot of love. They are certainly a team that I believe in. You know, their defense is really stepping up. And like you said, Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic. He's a, he's a top 10 yeah. player in this league. You know, maybe even in the top five, you know, when he's playing at his best. So a guy having a guy like that, you'll be able to ride his coattails to, to, to some success regardless. You also have Spencer Dinwiddie in the mix now, obviously giving them, you know, kind of, they have a, a strong backcourt after losing Tim Hardaway, getting, you know, some good play out of Jalen Brunson and, and Spencer Dinwiddie is obviously really massive for them and kind of gives Lucas some help on the outside. So I, I definitely think the Mavs are a team that we want to keep our eyes on. The Warriors, on the other hand, yes, like you said, they're struggling a lot. Interesting note, Steph played forty minutes last night. By far the most minutes Mm. on the team. I think Wiggins played thirty seven with him. But other than that, everyone was in, you know, under thirty minutes or in the twenties or in the teens. So they kind of need to figure out their depth situation right now. Obviously not having Draymond is a big part of of why you're kind of going deeper into the bench. But, you know, they they really need to be back at full strength if they if they want to make some noise here.
1: John, did you know that you and Luka Doncic have very close birthdays? His birthday was Monday, February 28th. He turned 23 years old. He's younger than you. He's younger than (laughs) me, and he's still putting up.
2: Did he? Did you go? (laughs) He did. He did. I did not go because you said you didn't want to come with me as my plus one.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you for offering up the plus one to me. I didn't must have missed my invitation in the mail, but we're too busy making great gambling content here <laughs> on the morning after each and every weekday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on the Spizz Grizz and Sirius XM, channel 159. But Luka Doncic, at the age now of 23, 41 points last night, 10 boards nine assists he is averaging nearly 36 points per game in his last 10 he is averaging nearly double digit rebounds all year long he has had double digit rebounds like he did last night in five of the last seven for the Dallas Mavericks and the Warriors have always prided themselves John on being a good defensive team well they have played to the over now in seven of their last eight so it's fascinating as we look at the Western Conference odds to see some of these teams that certainly seem like they're on the up and up. The Dallas Mavericks now 18-1 to in the Western Conference, the sixth best odds on the board. Dallas is 23-8 and since Christmas, and you now have the Warriors moving da- back down this board at plus 190. We also saw some movement on those two teams from L.A., John, based on the result last night. The Lakers, $6 of movement against them, moving back to 30 to 1. They were 24 to 1 entering last night against the Clippers. Meanwhile, Los Angeles, that would be the Clippers in this case, movement in their favor up by eight bucks to 42 to 1. The Western Conference is going to be an interesting part of the league to pay attention to, John, especially when you consider the Memphis Grizzlies, 13 to 1 in the Western Conference. But it was your Boston Celtics delivering an early birthday yeah, to you, was. John, with a win last yeah, night at home over the Grizz in a big win, 120-107. Are we ready for this? The Celtics have won four of their last five, 15 of their last 18, and they covered as a two-point home favorite last night. A birthday gift for our birthday boy, John Shames, with the Celtics picking up a 13-point victory at home over the Grizzlies.
2: I mean, you absolutely love to see it. Full disclosure, I was not able to watch the game because I was seeing Batman, as we mentioned before. Of course, I will not give any spoilers or suggest anything in that lane The Batman. He was great. Um, But, I mean, looking at the box score even, it's just so great to see other guys stepping up. Obviously, you have the 37 from Tatum. You and I talked yesterday about John Morant and Tatum both having big nights. Well, that did end up happening, both of them scoring over Mm -hmm. 30. But the guy I'm really happy to see playing well is Al Horford, right? You're going against Jaron Jackson, a premier young big man in the league. You know, Grizzlies are a bang around team. Steven Adams on the inside. Big game for Al Horford last night. He had 15 rebounds, 25 points. I mean, the guy is absolutely stepping up. And it's great to see because, you know, this is a guy you, you shipped out Kemba Walker for. And – To see that you're actually getting some value from Horford and he can still play at a high level is very encouraging, especially when you have to consider that we're going to be playing against, you know, a Giannis or an Embiid in the postseason to make it out of the Eastern Conference.
1: We're going to be playing against them. That's how you know that Boston Celtics bleed in John Shame's blood. That is our birthday boy here on the morning after and we saw a ton of line flips yesterday Don the Celtics opened up as a three point dog against the Grizzlies. It flipped to their favor by two points. They easily cover that number. We saw two line flips for the Bulls and the Hawks. Chicago opened as a dog became a favorite in the afternoon hours and then closed as a two and a half point underdog in the road in Atlanta. And the Hawks cover, 130-124. Chicago is an underdog, just 9-14 against the number this year. Mike Blewett joins the mix up next here on the Morning after.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: College Hoops is the focus right now on a Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Normally, Fridays in the past have been Football Fridays here on TMA, where Mike Blewett was a fixture of Football Fridays for the opening hour of TMA throughout most of the NFL season. Well, Mike Blewett is back for a College Basketball Friday because Mike Blewett is about to enter a very Busy time in his life, traveling across the country to conference tournaments all over the place. He leaves for the Summit League tournament on Sunday morning out in South Dakota in the Sanford Pentagon in what will be a great week out there in the summit. But first, we get his thoughts here on a Friday morning on the morning after. Blewett, welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks, bud. Uh, I'm excited for it. I got, I kicked off my own version of March Madness. Uh, just a couple of nights ago at the NEC tournament. So I watched a little LIU sacred art. I will, as you said, be on my way to uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota for the summit league. I'll be at the SWAC tournament. I'll make it back to New York uh, for a little ACC big East action. Uh, I'm not cool. sure exactly which tournament I'll get to, but I will be hitting one of those uh, Friday, Saturday next weekend. So looking forward to uh, taking in a lot of games, men's and women's uh, while I'm on the road, but Uh, Happy to be here with you on this Friday morning.
1: And we'll get to the Summit League, but let's go big picture as we enter the final weekend of the regular season for most of our high major conferences across the country in college hoops. You mentioned the ACC at the Barclays Center. I won't be going there because I don't want to see Syracuse lose Another basketball game. I'll probably actually go to the Big East tournament in Midtown Manhattan at Madison Square Garden, not too far away from our studio here at Studio 34. But let's focus on the ACC because that will be the storyline for this weekend, the final weekend in the final game inside Cameron Indoor for coach Mike Krzyzewski and it comes against North Carolina. Ah, How poetic between UNC and Duke one final time in the regular season. For Coach K. Now, Blewett, you are going to the Summit League, you are going to the SWAC tournament, you will be going to other conference tournaments. You didn't want to fork up ten thousand dollars to go see Coach K's final game inside Cameron.
3: I got some sort of push notification last night that some tickets were fifty k, so ten uh, yeah. k seems like a bargain right now. I don't exactly <laughs> have that kind of pocket change to fork on two teams. Uh, like uh, Duke in North Carolina, but obviously it'll be a tremendous event. We just hope it's a classic game as well. Uh, It's not necessarily vintage uh, version of either Carolina or Duke, but Duke clearly in the mix to potentially cut down some nets and head to New Orleans.
1: Yeah, the fifth best odds right now for the Duke Blue Devils at 13-1 to to win the NCAA Tournament. Blue, it's right, $50,000 for some tickets to get inside Cameron Indoor to see the final game coached by Coach K in the regular season and against North Carolina. By the way, Mike Krzyzewski, 50-46 all-time against his rivals in the Tar Heels. And Duke right now has won seven straight games. This is the most expensive regular season ticket for any sport in history and that's what we have on the line saturday evening tomorrow night in durham north carolina between number four duke and north carolina but the final weekend across the country blew it in the high major conferences and one of those high major conferences the regular season title wrapped up last night by the number two team in all the land in the Arizona Wildcats, an 18 and a half point favorite against Stanford at home. They do not cover, only winning by 11, but Arizona has been booked as a double digit favorite in most of their pac 12 games but as we look at the odds here Blewett, it it will be a fascinating discussion around the conference of champions when you look at arizona with the second best price to reach the final four of any team in the country at plus 155 ucla who went from first four to final four last year six to one and ucla plays their crosstown foes and USC to end out the regular season inside Pauley Pavilion this weekend, and USC is 21-1. to 1. Blewett, have you paid much attention to the Pac-12 this year, and do you have any evaluation of those top teams coming out of the Conference of Champions?
3: Well, what I would say is I think Night Owls like you and I uh, – tend to watch a little bit more West Coast Conference and Pac-12 conference hoops than your standard your casual college basketball fan. Uh, I would say that you have to wonder that yep. with the pedigree that they earned last year, that if is UCLA a good bet at 6 to 1. They obviously have had a season at 22 and 6 where it's a perfectly fine season. But did people are people were people expectations of them during the regular season a little outsized? Did they want them to yeah. go on a run like Arizona has gone on? Did they want them to be as dominant as Gonzaga because they played toe to toe with them in the Final Four? I wonder if that's still a good bet or Ben. And this is really a hard part of when you're handicapping. Are we too influenced by the run that they went on last year during the tournament, which was frankly largely unexpected? Uh, I don't think that people had them penciled into the final four, although it was a very good and a very talented team. I think talent takes over. I think six, personally, if I'm choosing, I think six to one are pretty good odds here. You're going to have to spread the wealth if you want to pick the winner. Yeah, uh, We've said this many times before when you're talking about futures. It's not about taking the one team, predicting who can go, who's going to win. It's great if you could do it. Mm-hmm but it's really about spreading out the wealth a little bit and finding yourself with options when you get down to the final four in which you can cash or hedge or more.
1: Two great points right there by Mike Blewett about how you can handicap the futures market either for a final four run for a team that you really like or to be the last team standing to cut down the nets in early April as the winners of the national championship. The first that he said when it pertains specifically to to ucla are we too influenced by last year's success in the ncaa tournament pretty much the same darn roster back for mick cronin this year jaime Hawkes, johnny juzang tiger campbell you add in the rutgers transfer in miles johnson cody riley is still there all of the same pieces that made that magical run for ucla as an 11 seed in last year's big dance but the ncaa tournament even for the best teams who have consistent success in march It's still a random event because you need to win six games and be playing your best basketball at that time. It doesn't matter how good you have been all year if you go out on one given night in round of 32 and have your worst shooting performance ever. Nobody's going to look back and say, hey, congrats on the regular season championship and being a 25-win basketball team. You lost maybe when you shouldn't have. In the round of 32, I think that's a great point about the futures market. And of course, Mike Blewett is a great evaluator of future prices in either college basketball, the NFL, or anywhere. And it's not necessarily, especially in random events like March Madness, picking the one team you love. It's having some open opportunities to then be able to have exposure and play yourself well with some hedging and middling opportunities throughout the run in a big dance by the way ucla usc on saturday night is going to be a good one right now ken palm predicting a 10 point bruins win usc won the first matchup in usc five and one against the spread this year as an underdog they're only non-cover earlier this week at home against arizona but you were saying about the futures market give us some more great tidbits of info
3: well i would just say that Your point is an important one about this six game randomness. These are players playing in many cases is flying far away and to an arena in which they've never played before. They are not comfortable necessarily with the surroundings. It's why it's why the tournament is so fun. It's why you and I love it so much. There's a lot of randomness to it. We don't know that we didn't know that UCLA was going to get to the final four last year. We've seen all different kinds of runs not to pick on UVA, but the UMBC game will be remembered forever. And to your point about Final Four runs and tournament runs, you and I as fans of our respective schools will will remember a lot more about the tournament runs and the conference tournament wins than ever ha- yeah. hanging a regular season banner. Shout out to Providence, right. their first ever Big East regular season championship, right? We're fired up on this program as you like to say but realistically if they don't win a few games in the tournament it's not much that much of a memory it'll probably be more of a disappointment if they don't get to an elite eight or 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 something along those lines
1: it's a very fair point about how we evaluate a college basketball season quickly Blue, i'm going to touch on the sec and then let's get into some of your Summit League thoughts before you head to South Dakota. As you can see here, four prices in the SEC. These two teams play each other in Tennessee and Arkansas and Alabama and LSU this weekend. Arkansas, of course, has won five straight in 14 of their last 15. They visit Knoxville, where Tennessee is a perfect 15-0, straight up at home, 9-6 against the number. Who is good between LSU and Alabama? Bama only covering four times in their last 22 games lsu has lost two of their last three but covered in three straight in two of those three as an underdog but as a favorite and they will be home in baton rouge this weekend covering in three of their last 10 so not great there all right now to the summit in the sanford pentagon in south dakota south dakota state blew it the jackrabbits the favorites in this conference tournament field at minus 190 and rightfully so they were a perfect 18-0, 18 and0 straight up in conference play this year covering in 11 of those 18 games all booked as a favorite your thoughts on the Summit League
3: well I would say that we will be trying to do some live hits too from South Dakota I will take yep. in the action on Sunday and Monday and report back to you as best I can to your point this is a this is a one bid league it has been for some time we did see some success out of this league last year with Oral Roberts and they oh. came in third this year to your point 18 and zero South Dakota a very heavy favorite as we just showed minus 190 NDSU at plus 500. I do think the Jackrabbits take it but that's what's so fun about tournament week. These teams are trying to kill each other and try to make the tournament. That's why you see so many interesting upsets.
1: Bluett is still here for some NFL offseason prices stay right here on the grid.
2: Before
1: Mike Blewett departs to Sioux Falls, South Dakota for the Summit League Tournament, we also need his thoughts on the NFL offseason because the National Football League never stops. A 365 day-a-year league that continues to churn out developments in Indianapolis for the draft combine this weekend. This is the morning after on a Friday right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens and as I just mentioned, Mike Blewett joins us once again. The host of football full circle, which is back this weekend, Blewett. What's on the docket?
3: Yeah, buddy. So we fire it up tomorrow. Myself and Joe Lisi will obviously be talking about the combine, which is ongoing. Uh, we'll do generally. We'll be doing an hour on the NFL, an hour on college football. It's all blending together now at this time of year as we do the combine and then head into draft analysis, really for the next seven, eight weeks or so, which I'm excited yeah. for. Uh, the more and more odds we get the more you and I will get a chance to talk about it on these Fridays so looking forward to that but uh, Joe and I back in the saddle uh, excited about it Alex Fasano and Jack helping us out from uh, a producer perspective so getting the crew back together.
1: Oh it is great to get the gang back together let's talk about the right. combine real quick we saw yesterday mm-hmm. some very fast wide receivers. Run the 40 yard dash. Chris Olave had an unofficial 426 that became a 439 official 40 yard time, the wide receiver out of the Ohio State University. We mentioned the prices blew it on Taekwon Thornton, the receiver out of Baylor, and how he had the second best odds on Tuesday at plus 300 to run the fastest 40 yard dash time. Well, so far, he has the fastest 428 official. The number on Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver out of Baylor. Today, it's the offensive lineman. Then we have some defensive backs in the fold as well. I don't want to talk 40 times, Blewett, because in the break, you mentioned something that was very intriguing to me about one of the offensive linemen we are going to see work out today in NC State's Ikema Akwanu, the offensive tackle for the Wolfpack, who is plus 400 right now with the third best odds to be the number one overall pick. Mike Blewett. I think you believe that's pretty good value.
3: Absolutely. So what I would say is that it is the Jaguars picking up the top. They're not an easy franchise to predict. I don't think, I think you can make mistakes when you're handicapping or you are wagering on these types of events in trying to predict what a specific team is going to do. What I think, and we saw this last year with Jamar Chase, is that When you become certain based on all the reports that you're reading that a player is going to go fairly high and his number, you know, and we'll wait for these odds to come out. But Jamar Chase, for example, was an under over six and a half, the number six and a half pick for weeks. And it was very clear that either the Dolphins or the Bengals were going to take him. So then people started betting it. It came down to five and a half. Then it got a little dice Or rather, the Bengals were at six. So it got a little dice here. Uh, but that was great value. I think you could see this with Equano because right now it feels like the Jaguars are probably leaning towards offensive line. But clearly, there's four players in the mix here for them. It's Hutchinson and Thibodeau on the defensive end, right. edge side. And then it's Aquanu and Evan Neal on the offensive line side. I think Aquanu, through his interviews, he's obviously very captivating. He's a charismatic guy behind the microphone. He's got a wrestling background. His brother is a player as well. So it's sort of in his blood. Now, we're also watching Evan Neal do box jumps at his size that are really impressive. Yep. So I think from an athleticism standpoint, I think Iquano can go kind of toe to toe with Evan Neal, but Evan Neal's got a pedigree of playing for Alabama for a number of years. So they're both options. I think that's the way they're going to lean. I'm just saying Iquano is interesting value because I think he can go number one overall.
1: And Evan Neal flipping to minus money probably takes away some of that value he might have had even last week when he was plus 260 to be the number one overall pick. The second best price on the board behind Aiden Hutchinson. If you haven't seen photos of evan neal at the draft combine in indianapolis we don't expect him to work out today he's going to save that for his pro day at the end of the month Mm -hmm. in alabama but if, he, if you haven't seen him, go look at some photos from him just being there. He says he is 337 pounds at 6'7". He looks more cut up than some of the skinniest basketball players you will see. It is wild to look at this freak of nature and the athleticism that Evan Neal possesses. So those are some of the prospects entering the NFL, but some great players. Can I make course, one point real cross?
3: Ben? I hate to please, interrupt. Can I make ahead, one point, though? Because no, no. you made go a point ahead, about please. Evan Neal going from plus money to minus money. And when it comes to draft wagering, that's a really important thing to let everybody know is that, for example, the 49ers last year, Ben, you and I sifted through rumors on all three quarterbacks they could take. Is it Fields? Is it Mac? Is it Trey Lance? And on occasions, you could get all three of them at three and a half, four to one or more. So your best option to for the Niners selection was to have action on all three. Now, Evan yeah. Neal's ship may have sailed because now he's at minus money. But my point is and pay attention to beat writers and everything else that you can uh, and gain as much information as you can. But your better option might have been to have Neil at plus 260. You can have a piece of Aquanu. You can have a piece of Hutchinson and Thibodeau. If you're feeling frisky, I don't think he's the number one overall pick, but it's possible. But really, those are the types of angles we want here again. Going back to our point about futures, you want to have a little bit of action on a few
1: players. I think that's a great point. Again, exposure in the marketplace, hopefully leading to some plus money numbers and some profitability for you by the time we get to the 2022 NFL draft at the end of April. But just about a week and a half away, blew it the start of NFL free agency and we are going to see some of the biggest names in the sport start to flurry around here's a list of some of the biggest names that we know will be a free agent testing the market this offseason von miller a part of the super bowl champion la rams jc jackson one of the best defensive backs this year for the new england patriots we talked about chandler jones yesterday for the cardinals Allen robinson a wide receiver that could use a really good quarterback to let his talent fully be shown Mike Kosicki one of the best young tight ends in the NFL Carlton Davis a great corner as well so Blewett you see some of these names how do you start to evaluate the free agency market in just a couple of weeks yeah you have to
3: obviously get a sense of who's going to be wild spenders taking a look at what teams have a lot of cap room the Bengals are just in the Super Bowl still maintain a lot of cap room a team like the Jets still has a fair amount of cap room but when you look at those lists Ben you have to you, you really have to put together there's an old saying is that every free agent is flawed right there's no there's no way a team would let somebody that's a perfect prospect or a perfect player get to free agency they would already extend him and give him whatever he wants but on that list Toronto Armstead is a highly capable left tackle yeah. in the NFL. Now he's often injured, that is his flaw, but I still think he gets top of the market dollars. I think Gesicki probably remains in Miami and could get uh, an extension there, but you never know if there's a bidding war, he could just go for the money and probably honestly maybe get out of that franchise if, if he's been exposed to as much chaos as it seems like there has been there for the last few years. I think JC Jackson really breaks the bank here and Alan Robinson is going to be a great value. I don't think he gets the money that say Kenny Galladay got last year, but I think he can be a really important piece on a team because he's extremely capable. He's played with bad quarterbacks for his entire career. And now this might be an opportunity for him to say, you know what, screw all of this. I'm going to a team that I think can win even if I don't take even if I don't get the most money at the top of the market like an Amari Cooper deal or what Galladay got last year but honestly straight up I would take Allen
1: Robinson over Kenny Galladay. or he stays in Chicago and plays with one of the great young quarterbacks in the sport oh boy. in Justin Fields you don't think I'm still on the Justin the Fields hype coming through yeah it is <laughs> Justin Fields will be great in his sophomore year, year number two for the Chicago Bears with a new coaching staff in place. But Bluett, as we talk about exposure in the futures market, right now we can look Mm -hmm. at the Super Bowl market for next year in 2023, Super Bowl 57. And I think right now you look at that free agency market and some of the big names we listed, not a quarterback, so maybe they won't move the market all that well. But we can take this snapshot in time before free agency begins and maybe try to predict or forecast where the market might go already a move we have seen blew it the packers at plus 950 when this market opened up they were 13 to 1 and they have already moved maybe because they feel pretty good about Devonte adams staying in green bay and a guy by the name of aaron Rodgers. so when you look at exposure perspective already for next year's super bowl blew it where do you see the value in this market
3: And to your point about the Packers moving up, the Broncos, I believe, have moved back slightly as well. We we Mm. know for for the better part of the last year, more than the last year, the rumors about Rodgers to Denver have impacted the odds of both of those teams. Ben, don't you think, though, if there was more of a certainty, if if we were certain that Rodgers was coming back to Green Bay, they'd be shorter than nine and a half to one, right? So I think you have to see some value there if you're feeling good about Aaron Rodgers. Again, in this NFL futures market, you do want exposure to multiple teams, but it is early. I don't expect everybody that's listening to go put down futures bets on the Super Bowl champ. You're 50, 49 weeks away from deciding that. So if you want the sports book to hold your money for 49 weeks, be my guest. I'm not saying that everybody should do it. I think I've said this in the past, though. Bills and Chiefs. Uh, I don't think you're going to get much better odds before you're not going to get better odds before the season. Uh, The, if you didn't want, I'd say you can wait it out and play them closer to the season. You might not get it at seven and seven and a half to one respectively. It might be a little bit shorter than that, but also you could wait. Maybe they dump a couple of games. The chiefs were much longer odds during the season this year than they were preseason And obviously, they got within a field goal of making it back to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs and the Bills are the two teams kicking themselves uh, over not appearing in the Super Bowl because I think they both would have had a shot against the Rams. In terms of those other groups there, uh, (laughs) people hate (laughs) – people love to trash the Niners for some reason, but they are a well-built team. They are competitive. They have really good defense, especially the front seven. They can address this offseason, their deficiencies at defensive back through the draft or free agency. What's up, JC Jackson? And then obviously have to make a decision at quarterback. It seems like it's heading towards Trey Lance. Uh, you can believe the Tom Brady rumors if you want. I don't, but I think the Niners are an interesting team there at 13-1. to one. The Cowboys... I think they can win the division again, but until they really get things aligned from a coaching standpoint, I don't know how you could faithfully put your money on the Cowboys. But a very talented team, they're going to make some movements this offseason as well. Amari Cooper and others might be on the move. So uh, a, a good market right now. Again, you don't have to run to the window, but I think somebody like the Niners at 13-1 to 1 is
1: interesting to me. A 3-16 playoff record in the last 25 years for the Dallas Cowboys. If you want to put your money on them in a futures market right now, outside of winning the NFC East, kudos to you. Mike Blewett is getting ready for not only football full circle this weekend, returning to look at more of these future odds and divisional odds and conference odds, and might this quarterback be traded there? He's also on his way to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for the Summit League Tournament, and we will hear from Mike Blewett early next week where a look at some of the mid-major conference tournaments around the country mike as always thank you for your time on this friday thanks buddy happy friday safe travels to you this weekend we round out our number two in the morning after up next here on the grid.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid. We close out our number two with our favorite part of the week. The Jack Weinberger Handicap of the Week. The morning after on a Friday right here on the Spizz Grizz in Sirius XM channel 159. But before we get to the Jack Cap of the Weekend, that will feature a college basketball bet for you. And in Handicap, you will hear nowhere else. We also have some breaking news out of the NFL this morning. Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting that when the Dallas Cowboys can, when free agency begins, they are likely to cut amari cooper he is owed 20 million dollars and the cowboys are planning on cutting amari cooper at the age of 27 he will be a hot commodity in the free agency landscape we just discussed with mike Bluit. now to the jack cap of the weekend a huge huge game and there's the update from adam schefter as you see it right there now to the jack cap of the weekend it involves a game in the a10 a regular season finale between davidson and dayton A couple of days back, Jack was saying he attempted to throw a football over his house and to his brother on the other side of the house. He threw it way up in the air, felt really good about the spiral, but it didn't quite clear the roof and got stuck in the gutter. Thankfully, he had a stepladder in the garage. So he went to that, put up the stepladder, climbed up the stepladder, got his football back, all was good. The stepladder was invented in 1862 by a man named John H. Baisley. He was from Dayton, Ohio. Without him, Jack's ball would still be on the roof. Can you imagine the horror of that? So because of the stepladder, because of John H. Baisley, Jack is not fired up this weekend. He is fired up. He likes Dayton, covering most likely as a home favorite against Davidson on Saturday inside UD Arena in Dayton, Ohio. He is fired up this weekend, Jack Weinberger, because his arm strength is not all that great. The morning after continues here on a Friday on SportsGrid. We get to hour number three, happy hour, right here on TMA. On the other side of the break, in a SportsGrid news update from Alex Wasson.